Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, how's everybody doing today? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So you always like me to make you ask twice. How's everybody doing today? Much better. Much better, much better. Well, welcome to our series, Where Are You? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, turn to your neighbor and say, where are you? Just look to your neighbor right now and say, where are you? All right, all right. Now, now turn to your second choice and ask them, why are you here? Ask your second choice, why are you here? <laughs> you don't have to answer that, though. You don't have to answer that. Well, man, I am... I am glad that you are at Renew Church today. I'm glad you're here. I know why you're here, because God called you to be here, amen? I know that you're here because God's doing a work in your heart and in your life. He has a plan for you, and uh, I'm excited about it. So today's going to be a great day. Would you just pray with me one more time before we get into the work? Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for the good things you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. I pray for this message. I pray for this this service, each and every person that's here, those in the room and those that are online, minister to hearts and lives, we pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Well, hey, listen, uh, today is the day we're giving away a 65-inch smart TV. Make sure that you fill out that little card. I know, I'm excited too. You know the pastor can win, right? Wouldn't that be a funny thing if I won? <laughs> uh, you guys would say, I'm never coming back. This thing is rigged if I win. So I, I didn't fill out a card. But I want you to fill out a card. I want each and every one in the room to fill out a card and uh, be the winner today. I don't know who it's going to be, but it might as well be you, right? Um, and then, like I said, grab a book on your way out. If you're a guest, if you're newer to Renew, I want you to join us for guest meal right after this service. Right after the baptism, we're going to have a guest meal in the building next door. So if you don't really know much about me or our team, hang out, have Pollo Tropical with us, and let's, uh, let's get to know each other. It's about 30, 45 minutes, just hanging out, fellowship, that's all it is. No pressure, just a guest meal, all right? That's for guests, all right? So we want you to come and be a part of this. Well, we're in this series. It's called Where Are You? And it's a series focused on helping you identify where you are in your walk with God and helping you to grow in your faith. Last week, um, I, I asked the question, not so much where are you, but why are you there? And uh, that was in, in relation to kind of a, a, a thing that happens with my daughters. They never ask where am I because they always know where I am. Do you know why? Anybody know why they always know where I am? Life 360. Life 360. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter where I am. They know. They never ask, Dad, where are you? They always say, though, why are you there? Why, why are you there? And will you get me one too? You know, whatever it is that I'm at. They're like, hey, can I have one of whatever you're at? So, so that's that. But uh, here's the text that I want to kind of go back to last week, uh, from last week, that I want to I reemphasize again this week. And it's Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11. And it says this, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I said this last week, and I'll say it again. Uh, it's as if when he says attaining to the whole measure, it's as if he's saying there could be a half measure. 
It's as if he's saying that you might be able to attain to the quarter measure of the fullness of Christ. But he's saying until you reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. You say YouTube, you know what I'm talking about, right? The deceitful scheming and all the stuff that some of you have got yourself caught up in when you, you hear about these things. And then we will no longer be babies. We will no longer be infants. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. We will be the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its Work. Think about that verse for a second. I think it's verse 15. It says, uh, uh, we'll become um, the mature body of him who is the head. So Jesus is mature, right? Jesus, if, if you can imagine, imagine Jesus in the flesh, like maybe he's got a beard as the pictures depict, maybe not, I don't know. But Jesus is like uh, man Jesus, not baby Jesus, not Bethlehem Jesus, but like, you know, Calvary Jesus. Imagine that, the full mature Jesus but we're the body, and imagine that we're just baby body, right? Like all of us are immature, all of us are infants. Can you, can you picture a grown man with a baby body? Doesn't work, right? It's, 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 it's kind of weird. It's probably one of those filters on Instagram or something like that. But that's not what the Apostle Paul is telling us to be. We can't stay little baby bodies with the mature head that is Christ, amen? So that's the idea, that's some of the, the, the concept that we are talking about in this series but I started last week in the series, and you can always go back. You can go to our archive or go to our YouTube. In fact, uh, subscribe to our YouTube. Um, I talked about fully devoted versus fully mature. So fully mature is that like we've, we've come a long ways. Like we've, we, we know a lot. We've experienced a lot. And it takes time to become fully mature. But you can become fully devoted pretty quickly. Like fully devoted, like you might make a decision today and become fully devoted. That's the, that's the idea that I want you to get. Like fully devoted is all in, nothing held back. But fully mature is like a maturity in, in your faith and you're growing and, 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 and experiencing more and more wisdom and, and, and understanding of the scripture and how to handle certain things. Here's a key thought that I said last week and I want to say it again. You can be fully devoted and not fully mature. Okay, you can be like a baby Christian, but you're like, you're all in, you're all excited, you're on fire. That's what they sometimes say. You're fully devoted, but not fully mature. But, and I think we have this, do we have this on, as a slide? You cannot be fully mature and not fully devoted. You can't be fully mature and not fully devoted. Does that make sense? Because if you think you're fully mature, but you're not all in, then you're probably a baby Christian. You're probably one of these people that have a ton of head knowledge, but you have, you're missing the heart knowledge. Does that make sense? I want you to understand, and I want you to kind of capture this idea of where you need to be fully devoted and fully mature. I want to talk, though, a little bit more today about fully devoted. I want to talk about what it means to be fully devoted. And if you're taking notes in the worship guide that you were handed on your way in this morning, I encourage you to take notes because, you know, it, it helps you retain Studies have shown that if you take notes during the message, well, first of all, if you don't take notes during the message, 
you, you retain like 10 or 15% of what, what is said. If you take notes, even just the little fill in the blanks, you retain like 60%. If you take notes and you later go back and review it, like you actually go back and look up the scriptures later in the week, it's closer to like 90%. So it's much greater if you take notes. Even just these little silly fill in the blanks, they matter. Now, now that I've told you that, let me tell you, I did the blanks backwards. I'm starting with the bottom one first, so you're going to have to work at this a little bit to find where we're at. This is, where's Waldo? Where's, where, where's Pastor Trevor in the, in the worship guide? Number one, it's the bottom one on your worship guide. Uh, fully devoted followers of Jesus, they are committed to growing to full maturity. They are committed to growing to full maturity. So Ephesians 4, we just read it, until we all reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's not the half measure, it's the full measure. Okay, so, so fully mature, um, there's an appropriate level of development for each stage in your spiritual maturity. In the same way, like, like a, a six-year-old isn't growing facial hair normally, right? I don't think, anyway. Um, in the same way, a mature uh, Christian or a maturing Christian they have a certain stage in their life. They have a certain place where they are in their life. If you ask a psychologist uh, or, or people that study this, there are developmental markers along the way in the maturity of a, of a child. Like by the time a baby is one, you would expect them to get into a sitting position, pull up and stand, pick up food, throw food. They know how to do all of that stuff. By the time they're three to four, you'd expect them to name familiar colors. You'd expect them to remember parts of the story that you've told them. They would know how to walk up and down the stairs. They would know how to use the potty. These are things that a three to four-year-old is, is doing, and that's because that's the level or the stage of maturity that they're at. You don't expect a one-year-old to do the four-year-old things. You don't expect a four-year-old to do the 14-year-old things. If, if so, you have a prodigy, and like you're probably going to become famous somehow, good or bad. The same is true in your spiritual life. Some some things no one expects you to know or do your first year in Christ as it relates to, to maturity. But by the same token, if you haven't grown after a few years, what, like, the good news is, is when you study these things, you learn the Bible reveals markers that demonstrate a spiritual maturity in your life. So week by week, we're going to go through this series. We're going to unpack these key stages. We're going to talk about these different ones. But it's important for you to understand that just because you might be a baby Christian now, doesn't mean you need to become a fully mature Christian tomorrow or even next month or next year. It's a stage in a process. But at the same time, you, you're committed to growing. You're committed to, to maturing in your walk with God. Because you can't be fully matured if you aren't fully devoted. I mean, you could be a seminary professor. You could teach the Bible. You could be a mega church pastor. You could be a missionary in Africa. You could have all the head knowledge you needed to know and still not be fully devoted. Does that make sense? You're missing that key element that you are fully devoted. But if you're fully devoted, you're, you're committed to growing to full maturity. You're, you're committed to doing that. So that's the, that's the first one. Fully devoted followers of Christ are committed to growing to full maturity, not just staying right where they're at. Second point is, is fully devoted followers of Christ have settled the authority issue. They have settled the authority issue. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, 
and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I know that we don't always use the term Lord in everyday language, but it's not a name, it's not like the Lord Jesus, it's not his first, first name, it's not a name at all. Lord is a title that references who God is to us, who Jesus is to us, that he is the boss. And there's a story of this found in Matthew chapter 8, and I'm going to pick it up right here. This is, this is Matthew 8, starting at verse 5. It says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. And he said, Lord, so he is already understanding and settling the authority issue. He said, Lord, my servant is home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said, shall I come and heal him? Centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I, have t I tell you, I've found not anyone in Israel with such great faith. <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus? He's, he's there with this, this Roman centurion, like they're they're the enemies to the Jews, and, and this guy's a leader in, in, in that. He leads a, a, a battalion of 100 soldiers, and uh, he's just had this interaction. The disciples are just kind of in the distance, but within an earshot, they hear the whole thing, and all of a sudden, like, he says, no, I don't need to go to your house. Just say the word, and, I'll be, like, and he'll be healed, and Jesus says, I have not seen or heard, what does he say? Um, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And these guys are like, what are we, man? Like, uh, you know, who are we? <laughs> really? You haven't found anyone? What about me, Jesus? I'm, I dropped my nets. I followed you. I, I left everything to follow you. And, and Jesus said, truly, I haven't found anyone with such great faith. Why did he say that to his disciples and maybe the others that were in the, in the, in the uh, area where he was? Because the officer understood something that they even struggled with. They, he understood. He understood that I don't, you don't even have to, you don't have to come. There, there's not any kind of ritual that you have to do. You just say the word. You have authority. I, I've settled the authority not only with you, but that you have authority over everything. And the disciples were probably still wrestling with this. They were still trying to figure out if this, like, overthrow was a, a, a political overthrow or a military overthrow and somehow the Roman officer the centurion he knew it he understood it and he had settled it in his heart fully devoted followers of Christ they've settled the authority issue and that's something that you have to do you can't have fellowship with the supreme being with God himself apart from total submission to him and some of you that rocks you to the core because it asks you the question, it forces you to ask the question, who's the boss in my life? Who's in charge? Is it your parents? Is it, is it your peers? Is it your husband or your wife? Is it, is it your boss at work? Is it your professor? Is it some philosopher, some influencer that you follow? Who is the boss in your life? Who is Lord? Who have you settled? Like, who, who is the one that has authority in your life? And if the answer is anything, anyone but the Lord Jesus, then you haven't settled it. You can't be fully devoted. You can't be a fully devoted follower of Jesus 
if you haven't settled the authority issue. Does that make sense? I decided years ago, Jesus has authority in my life. I made that decision willingly and joyfully. I figured out he's smarter than me. He loves me. He has my best interest at heart. He can see much further down the road. He knows what's best for me. He is God, and I'm not. And i got to ask you that question. Have you surrendered to Jesus as Lord? Here's the test for this. If Jesus came to your house, if he showed up in your life, would he like rush to clean up? I mean, would you rush to clean up some things or hide some stuff or move some, some things around? Would you figure out really good excuses for why this is the way it is? If that's the case, then you haven't settled the authority issue because you're still giving authority in, in your life to other things. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's lifestyle. Maybe it's the way you do business. I'm going to step on somebody's toes because you're like, eh, you know what, I compartmentalize. This is all, I give all of this to God, but the way I handle business, the way I do this, this is my thing. Then you haven't settled the authority issue, and that means you can't be fully devoted as a fully devoted follower of Christ. That's just the reality. Fully devoted followers of Christ have settled the authority issue. I'm not saying that they have everything together all the time. I'm not saying that everything is always perfect. But maybe like David, the man after God's own heart, as he prayed in Psalms 139, he's, he said, and you could say, search me, O God, and know my anxious heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Maybe that's your prayer today and every day from here until eternity. God, test me, check me, know me. Because I want to be under your authority. So fully devoted followers of Christ are committed to growing to full maturity. Fully devoted followers of Christ have settled the authority issue. And then finally, fully devoted followers of Christ have been born again. See, Jesus, when he was on earth, people approached him with all kinds of questions. And there was one night when a religious teacher came to him. This guy, his name was Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He spent his entire life, he dedicated his life to the, the scripture, to the, the law and the prophets. The only way to heaven, according to their theology, was work. Nicodemus' message to anyone who would listen was work hard, keep the law, work harder. And if you do enough, you might just squeak by and get in. The, the bottom line for Nicodemus was, you, if you make it, if you make it, you make it on human effort. Now, I don't know for sure if you're going to make it, but if you make it, it's all on human effort. So, so Nicodemus goes to Jesus at night. And he, he says this, I'm going to read this, John chapter 3. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God 
unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Talk about like freaking somebody out. Talk about really messing with a guy and his theology and everything that he knows and understands. He's like, wait, wait a second, born again? What are you even talking about, born again? How is it possible? I'm fully grown. I'm a grown man. How am I going to be born again? Jesus, though, wasn't talking about physical birth. He was talking about spiritual birth. Like, you, you have to be physically born to be one of your parents' kids, right? I mean... He, to, to, to have a parent, to be a child, you have to be physically born. You have to be spiritually born to be one of your heavenly father's kids. Does that make sense? To be physically born, you've got you, uh, you, you to be physically born to be one of your parents' kids. You've got to be spiritually born to be your heavenly father's kid. Ephesians 2 says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God shows up and he brings your spirit back to life. It's obvious from the story that he blew Nicodemus' mind. And really, like, he kind of leaves it, like, hanging out there. If you read on in John chapter 3, he kind of leaves us wondering what happens next. We don't know how the conversation ended that night, but we do know, if you go to John chapter 19, that it was Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who prepared Jesus' body for burial after the crucifixion. <laughs> why would it be Nicodemus? Why would Nicodemus? Why wouldn't the disciples do it? Why wouldn't one of the, Mary or Martha or Lazarus, why wouldn't somebody else do it? Why was it Nicodemus that did this? Why? Because he heard what Jesus told him way back in John chapter 3, earlier on in Jesus' ministry, and, and he watched Jesus from afar, and he's like, Man, I, I think this whole born-again thing is for me. I think it's real. I think it's legit. He settled the authority issue. He, he wanted to be fully devoted. He wanted to begin to mature. And so here we find him in John 19, preparing Jesus for his burial. So when Jesus says, you must be born again, understand what he's saying. You have to come to a place you have to come to a place where you put your faith in what he did, not on what you do. To be clear, one day we will all stand before God. We will see the brilliance of his glory. The brilliance will immediately burn through any false sense of our personal righteousness. It's, it's literally going to cut it like a knife. You, you think you're going to be able to go to him with these arguments of all the reasons why you helped the old lady across the street or you did something special for somebody and you really felt good about it yourself. It's going to burn through all of it. And when he asks you the basis for you being allowed into heaven, any speech about working hard or attending Renew or having a WWJD bracelet or reading your Bible sometimes or laughing at Pastor Trevor's jokes, any of that, that's all going to go out the door. It's literally going to get stuck in your throat. You're going to be like, when you get to eternity, when you get, when you get to judgment, in that moment, any thought of anything else will leave your brain. In the presence of a holy God, you will know the only answer. And his name is Jesus. Because he paid the price on the cross. 
when I came to the place, I realized he was the only way I was born again. And I started to see things I never saw. I was dead, and now I'm alive. I was blind, and now I see. Since then, he is who I pray to. He is who guides my life. He is my friend. So if you're not born again, he's waiting for you. He reserved a spot for you. And that's my question of the day as we move towards full devotion and, and maturity as a Christian. Have you experienced that? This is a spiritual thing, not a human effort thing. It's about who you know, not so much what you know or even what you do. It's, it's a personal knowledge. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's a way that you can kind of check this a little bit. Here's kind of a practical way. If you've put your trust in Jesus, and if you're born again, yeah, there was probably a marker in your life. I was seven, and I remember that moment in my life when I, I prayed and I asked Jesus into my life. I was at my bedside with my older brother, and, and he, he led me in the sinner's prayer. And I, I believe that was the day that I asked Jesus into my heart, seven years old. But even looking back over the time, maybe there were some times that I was further away and I hadn't settled the, the, the authority issue and um, I wasn't fully devoted. I was, I was not mature. I was not where I needed to be and God was working in my heart. He was working in my life. Here's how you'll know if, if you need to do some business with Jesus today. If you've trusted in Jesus, you'll talk about him. You know what I mean? Like you'll talk about him. I'm not saying like every time you buy a gallon of milk, you got to ask the cashier if she knows Jesus as her personal savior. But you'll, you'll, like the conversation will come up and it'll point in that direction and somehow you'll be able to say, man, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Someone will ask you about your spiritual life and just as normal as I will talk about my wife and my daughters, I'll also be able to talk about my relationship with Jesus and how he forgave my sins and how he gave me a fresh start in life. And over time, you won't just talk about them. It'll, it'll start showing up in, in how you live. Your life will begin to change. You see, the life of a Christian, it's not a destination as much as it's a journey. It's like I'm getting closer and closer to Jesus every single day. And every single day, I'm farther and farther away from my old patterns, my old sin, my old life, my old lifestyle. I'm on this journey towards Jesus. And if that's for you, that, that, then you're on the right path. But it's, it's not just this like one step, pray the prayer, get the baptism, and then that part's checked off the list. I'm done. I'm good. Thanks, pastor. See you in eternity. I hope. Only God knows. But it begins with this commitment and it grows from there, much like in the physical, when we develop and we grow through straight stages, when you have a relationship with Jesus, you see the evidence of growth and change. You're no longer being fed, you're feeding yourself. You see where, like, we begin to, to look more and more like Jesus. We resemble who we rehearse. So if you've established a relationship with Jesus, you've been born again, you start focusing on him, you start looking more and more like him. But if you see no changes, then question the relationship. And ask the question, where are you? And why are you there? Answer the question, where are you? And why are you there? 
see, fully devoted is about an attitude. It's a heart. It's a character. Changes that look more and more like Jesus. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Nicodemus knew the law and the prophets. He knew what he was expecting the Messiah to be. And Jesus, Nicodemus was a seeker. That's what he was. He was, he was seeking the Messiah. And he thought maybe he found him, but he was a little bit afraid to, to be seen by other people. So he goes to him at night. And Jesus says, unless you're born again, I don't know if you get this, but the, the stages of maturity that I'm going to be talking about for the next three more weeks is seeker, then infant, then adolescent, then adult, then parent. Jesus takes him to uh, the opportunity for infancy, just as I'm taking you right now. He's saying, unless you're born again. And I'm giving you this opportunity because maybe you came as a seeker. Maybe you came and you're, you're, you're looking for and wondering about this whole God thing and this whole Jesus thing. And just as Jesus did for Nicodemus, I'm saying, man, you don't have to stay a seeker. Today, you can become a brand new, you can be fully devoted, brand new baby in Christ to begin to walk with him, learn from him, lean on him in everything you do. Every believer was once a seeker. And Jesus promised, if you seek, you will find. We come to realize there has to be more to life than getting up, going to work, paying bills, and then dying. Or we realize that there is something missing. People aren't sure Jesus is the answer, but they're looking, they're questioning, they're searching. What brought them to this point? For some, it's a traumatic experience. For others, it's, it's loneliness. It's, it's some emotional loss. It's, it's the void. Whatever the reason that you're here, whatever the reason you're seeking, let it be that it's not me that you find. It's not good worship or good music or uh, fun things for the kids or a TV. Let it be Jesus that you find. Okay. Would you stand with me? Jesus says, what did he say? Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. If there's ever a thought in your mind, it's like, man, I just don't see it. I don't see all this stuff you guys talk about. What my grandmother's been telling me about since I was a little kid. Maybe you're not born again. And if today you're truly seeking, just like for Nicodemus who came in the cover of night, God opened his eyes. We don't know exactly how the story happened, but he opened his eyes to the point there he became a fully devoted follower of Christ, even standing for him and being there at his burial, laying him in his, in his tomb. What an example for us. No one can see God unless they're born again. Be born again today. No, no reason not to make that decision in 2023. Maybe you've been born again. Maybe you just know that you've been staying this stagnant Christian or this, this baby Christian, and you look like, you know, you, a baby body and Jesus is the head, and it just doesn't feel right. Start maturing. 
You don't need to become the, the, the Bible scholar overnight, but let's start maturing. Let's start growing. Let's start taking steps. If you haven't gotten baptized, get baptized. Go, go to growth track. Go, hang out with some people in the church. Get in a small group. Go all the, do all these things. Start maturing. But it starts with being born again. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? This is that opportunity. I don't have to keep talking about it. I won't keep talking about it. If today is the day that you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, whether you're in the room or you're online and God's speaking to you, and today you want to ask Jesus to come into your life to forgive you of your sins, to make you new. If you, today you're settling the authority issue and asking him to be Lord, then I'm going to invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Repeat it out loud. Be bold. And those of you that are followers of, of Jesus, you can repeat it again just to encourage those in the room that are making this decision. Pray this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sin. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes, and I pray that you would forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Today, I declare you my Lord, my Savior. Today, I choose to be fully devoted to you. Because you died for me, I choose to live for you. If that was you, with your heads bowed, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer today. If that was you, just lift your hand right where you're at. If that was you, anybody, I see your hand back here on my right. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see your hand on the left. Praise God. Anybody else? Come on, let's give God praise for what he's doing. Come on. Anybody else? Praise God. Let me just pray over you, God. I thank you for what you're doing in hearts and lives. I thank you for the people that are making decisions, for those that are making brand new decisions to be born again, and others that are stepping in and saying, you know what? I'm not where I need to be. And in 2023, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to mature. I'm ready to be fully devoted and fully maturing, starting to walk in my relationship with God. Thank you for the good things you're doing in the hearts and lives of these, your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen, amen. Hey, we're going to sing. Amen, come on. We're going to sing a, a closing song, and I'm going to ask Pastor Ricardo to join me on this side, and I think Pastor Mikey's somewhere over here. If you'll join me over here, and then I'm just going to be up here. If you need prayer for anything at all, just come forward. While we pray, just, just come forward and let us pray with you for whatever that need is while we sing. Let's sing together.
Can we praise the Lord this morning? Amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you all once again for coming to Renew Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. Uh, man, what a, what a great way to start the week off, right? Coming to the house of the Lord, praise and worship, hear a word, be with our brothers and sisters, man. What a blessing, what an honor to worship with you guys. Um, I just want to share some quick things, some things that are going on here at Renew Church, just to keep you guys all in the loop. Um, and Pastor Trevor's message, he was talking about how we need to mature and not be consumers. So um, we're going to talk about giving away a TV to be extra consumer this morning. No, but today is the last day to enter for the, the TV raffle that we're doing here. Uh, giving away 65-inch TV, perfect time, right before the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to be announcing it later. We'll give you a call, but today's the last day to register for that if you're interested. I also wanted to mention that Renew Church is turning four years old. That's right. Renew Church is just learning how to use the bathroom. So this is this is something to celebrate. It's a good stuff. No, but our, our birthday is coming up. It uh January 22nd. Both services. We're gonna have a celebration, have some cake, of course. How can you not have cake for a birthday party? So tell your friends, it's gonna be a cool thing. You're gonna you're gonna wanna be there, you're not gonna wanna miss that. Um, guest meal is immediately after this service. If you've never gone to guest meal, if you're newer to the church, man, take the time. It's free food. You get to hang out with us. Uh, it's There's no pressure. You don't need to sign anything. It's literally just coming, hanging out, and enjoying a meal. We want to get to know you guys. We don't want to just be like this transactional thing. We, we want to be a family. And so families eat and they hang out and they do, they do stuff like that. So come and, come and join us for, for guest meal. Um, I also want to let you know that our uh, church annual meeting is happening January the 15th at 6.30 p.m. If you want to come to that, man, you, you're more than welcome to. If you want to become a, an official member, if you even want to know what that means, man, come check it out. We invite you to join us for that as well. And as Pastor Trevor mentioned earlier, 21 days of prayer and fasting starts today. Make sure you get a booklet, one per household. We want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity and gets a book. And pray about what that is that the Lord is wanting you to fast. And, and maybe text a friend or invite a friend to join you to be a part of this. Maybe like try to cast vision for some New Year's uh, goals or just tell them that, 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 you know, you need the accountability. It's a good way to get people in on what we're doing. Um, lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you, and you can drop them off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for just the opportunity to worship you, God. We pray for the offering this morning. Use it, God. Build your kingdom here on earth, O oh Lord. Pray that you would bless these people as they give unto you, Father. And, and I know you see their hearts, God. Bless them, Father. You know what we're going through. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before you go, before you go, stay, stay seated. I see you back there, Alvaro. No, I'm going to bring up Pastor Trevor one more time, so give it up for him. So I'm going to bring up uh, our baptism candidates. So if you are one of those that has a really cool Meet the New Me shirt on, come on down right now. Let's give them a round of applause. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
Jackson, just line up across here. God bless you, man. Line up, line up. Hi, Raina. God bless you, Kenneth. God bless you. God bless you. If you guys could just kind of line across. There you go. That's good. That's good. So these are our uh, baptism candidates for, uh, for, 20, for January 2023. Isn't that awesome? So, uh, yeah. This is Jose. This is Kenneth. This is Greg. This is Adon. And this is Reina. So uh, we're so, so proud of you guys. I just want to read this. Dearly beloved, Christian baptism is a sacrament signifying participation by faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and incorporation into his body, the church. It's a means of grace proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Apostle Paul declares that all who are baptized into Christ Jesus are baptized into his death. We are buried with him through baptism so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too are raised to walk in newness of life. As we have been united with him in his death, we will also be united with him in his resurrection. The Christian faith into which you now come to be baptized is affirmed in the Apostles' Creed, which we confess. We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church of Jesus Christ, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you be baptized into this faith? If so, say, I will. I will. Do Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and do you believe that he saves you now? If so, say, I do. Amen. Let me pray for you, and then we are going to make this transition outside. The service is over, but it's not really over because we want the entire church to make their way outside, kind of filling around the parking lot and around the little courtyard out front while we do the baptisms for these baptism candidates. Let me pray over you. God in heaven, I thank you so much for each and every single one of these people that are making this decision, this woman and these four men. God, I praise you for this, and I pray that this would just be a part of their, their journey, God, their, their, their full devotion and full maturity that's happening in their lives, that they're growing and walking with you in a greater way. We love you. We thank you for the work that you're doing in them. Bless them and be with them from this day on. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said, amen, amen. All right, so make your way out, and we're going to go do that baptism.